Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the beautiful, sunny, crisp, clear city of angels. Where our bad sports teams are not having players-only meetings. We're just showing up and like, whatever. Whatever. Chris Broussard will join us upcoming in 20 minutes. Tomorrow, by the way, big programming note. The great folks at Farmers have made the ill-fated decision of allowing both me and Dan Beyer to play in the uh, Farmers Pro-Am. So I will be giving Tiger Woods tips tomorrow morning on on uh, on where he should hit the the uh, the golf ball. Uh, that's that's a big thing. Uh, me and Tiger, we teed up about seven o'clock. Um, little known fact: I already know that I'm paired with Eldrick Tiger Woods. He and I have been texting back and forth. He's very very excited. I'm a little wish wish wishy washy as to whether or not I'm fired up about about ETW and I uh, sharing a round of golf. But in the meantime, and then we'll broadcast live from San Diego. Uh, Tory Pines actually, which is the site of Tiger's last major win. Ooh, the world coming full circle. So yeah, tomorrow we'll talk a little golf because golf is better. Golf is better with Tiger Woods in it. Mark Schlereth will join us later on the show. Man, we got a lot to get to. Uh, tonight, Trey Young takes on K-U-O-U-K-U. We'll actually preview it and how it relates to, um, to Baker Mayfield, who has made his way to Mobile. For the Senior Bowl. So, man, a lot to get to. But the story of the day is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, here's the thing with Cleveland. On paper, on paper, they have an immense amount of talent, right? You have LeBron. You got Dwayne Wade. You got Isaiah Thomas. You got Kevin Love. uh, And even their ancillary parts, Tristan Thompson, 
J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert, and on and on and on. Even those guys, that's like for in this day and age when there's usually a massive drop-off in the bench, when you're bringing a Dwayne Wade, a former Finals MVP, who's in his early to mid-30s off the bench, like, man, that's a pretty good squad, right? The problem is the pieces, they don't fit together. This don't. Um, and right now they're 29th in defensive efficiency. And apparently they had some team meeting, which was supposed to be an airing of grievances. And instead, all the grievances were thrown at Kevin Love. Here's Kevin Love earlier today, addressing the reports of a divisive locker room in Cleveland. It's not about me. I'm not going to make it about myself. I'm sure that with other guys, it's the same thing. But the biggest thing is, you know, moving forward. Uh, you know, for me, the thing I've always done is, you know, kept my mouth shut. I continue to work hard and try to be best for, for the Cavs. And try to do the best for the Cavs. You guys um, watch Westerns? I love Westerns. Ramos, are you a big Western guy? Uh, John Ramos, by the way, uh, the John Ramos show occasionally on digital when he, he loves to, he is a cinephile. He loves movies. I love movies too, but he has an, a great eye for movies. Ramos, do you like Westerns? I have enjoyed Western movies, yes. What's your favorite? Like, give me a couple of your favorites. Uh, well, we talked about Unforgiven a couple uh-huh. of weeks ago. Uh, uh-huh. Westworld, if you ever seen Westworld, that was a good one. Um, I, I like, like Westworld though is like sci-fi. Yeah, because well, I like sci-fi too. So they kind of went together. Uh, what's another good one that I liked? Uh, you like Tombstone? Yes, with uh, Kurt Russell. I like the white his white Earp uh, one and Val Kilmer in that Val, one. As well. uh, that's Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer's two. The two best roles Val Kilmer played were uh, that and in Top Gun. Right. That's that, that made Ice kind Man. of Val Kilmer. Iceman in in uh, in Top Gun. Um, look, hey, there's Outlaw Josie Wales. There's uh, the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Um, there's a litany of of great westerns out there. Uh, Magnificent Seven, also a good one. But one of the things that westerns always have happened in the Cavs locker room, right? The strife in the Cavs locker room was over Kevin Love leaving the game, leaving the arena, and no one knowing why. And apparently, he said it was because he was sick. And no one believed him. And while Kevin Love can say, look, I'm going to be who I've always been. I'm just going to keep pushing forward. It's not about me. What's the scene always in the, in the movies, right? They're at, the, uh, they're at a poker game. Somebody keeps winning all the hands. And uh, you start watching the guy and how he's dealing. Is he dealing from the top or dealing from the bottom? Does he have a card up his sleeve? And somebody stands up and says, you calling me a liar? Right? Like, you can call me a lot of things. You can call me a lot of things. But saying I'm lying about being sick, even when people did lie about being sick, right? That's the, that's the one thing about when people lie. And I have no idea if Kevin Love was sick or not sick. And by the way, the most responsible thing you can do when you are sick is get the hell out of a locker room, right? Like, if you're sick, like, go home, get away from us. Everything you touch becomes infected. If you got a fever, like go. Surely don't touch a basketball. Everybody's going to rub their hands along a basketball. Right? Look what happened with the Monstars in, uh, in uh, what's that movie? In Space Jam, right? You touch the basketball, you lose your power. That's because everybody got the, you got the Monstars uh, uh, germs on it, if you will. Like calling Kevin Love a liar, questioning the veracity of his sickness. That's, you can't put that genie back in the bottle. And if you go around and look, who have they been critical? Who has the media and leaked sources been critical of? Which was Tristan Thompson, because he's a Kardashian now. J.R. Smith's not playing that well, right? Uh, there's Isaiah Thomas, who's died on screens and, Took a long time to come back from rehab. It's not been as good as they would have liked. Right? Um, there's been a plenty of critique over Kevin Love. Tyron Lou now kind of in the firing lines as well. You know who never gets criticized? It would be LeBron James. Right? Like, that would be LeBron James. Isn't it interesting that all this critique, and look, LeBron statistically is having a great season. And I'm not saying he's solely responsible. He might not even be mostly responsible, but he's at least partially responsible for the fact that this team 
won't play any defense and keeps having players only meetings. And so like, look, guys aren't stupid. They're just not. Now I, I will, I will preface this by saying the general feeling in the NBA is Kevin Love is full of, you know what? Right, that he's he's great with them. He's Mr. Red Light. When the red light of the media is on, he's great. He's warm. He's engaging. He's thoughtful. He's interesting. But he's not that guy in terms of an NBA locker room. Players, you can't fool players. They're you're around them too much. But I also think that there's clear writing on the wall, or just do I think LeBron James has gone to the media and leaked this stuff? No. Do I think this has been leaked from LeBron's camp? You better well believe it. Because if not, how come there's no critique of LeBron? There's no unnamed sources saying, you know, LeBron's not moving like he used to. Because he's not. There's no, you know, LeBron really is just not, his motivation doesn't seem to be going through. Because it's not, but it's not mentioned. So in addition to the fact that no one's pointing fingers at LeBron, and you're pointing fingers at a well-compensated player who's essentially being called a liar. And even if he is lying, calling somebody a liar who is lying is a really dangerous path. You can't put that genie back in the bottle. And so when the leaked sources are probably close to LeBron, then I think you understand why Kevin Love would be miffed, why anybody would be miffed. Hey, it's one thing to call me a liar behind closed doors. It's a whole other thing to leak it to the media. Just like you leaked everything else. Here's former Cavs head coach and uh, current coach in uh, Turkey, David Blatt. He was on with Taz and the Moose. He gave his thoughts on the Cavaliers drama. Ty Lu is not to blame for his team getting, getting hit with 148 points in a home game nationally televised. He's got three former MVPs on his team. He's got an experienced championship caliber group. If those guys don't come to play, if those guys don't have the pride and the belief in one another to get out there and to perform at the level that they need to perform at, Ty Lu is not the problem. I know they're being coached. I know that group. Hell, I brought almost all of those coaches that are part of the Cleveland Cavaliers staff there. I know them all personally. I know what kind of people they are. I know what kind of good work they do. It's time for the players to step up and do their part. David Blatt is saying basically what anybody's saying, right? The players, meaning LeBron James, not the coaches. We all know where the leaks are coming from. We all know he's not totally the blame, but we also know that he's not getting any of the blame and it is his team. And many of those players were picked in order to fit with him on his team because that makes him better. And man, you call somebody a liar? What do they say in old Westerns, Ramos? Them's fighting words. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. He won three Super Bowls. He personally wasn't Elway. No, 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 no. Wasn't Terrell Davis. Uh-uh. Wasn't the Redskins. No, no, no. It was Mark Schlereth. He and he alone won three Super Bowls. Of course, we kid because we care. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion. He's also a member of our Fox NFL broadcasting team, and uh, you see him on Fox Sports 1. Mark Schlereth joins us. Stink, um, let's start Let's start with the Jaguars and the fact that they jumped out to an early lead, but then they, they struggled to move the football after an early, foot, uh, early field goal to start the second half. How much of that was kind of mismatched play calling and getting a little bit tight. How much of it was a previously dominant offensive line suddenly look fallible? What, what went wrong with their offense? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is there's two things. I think, one, they don't really trust their quarterback. And I think New England made adjustments, as New England is apt to do. I don't think there's a better team in football when it comes to adjusting from the sideline. To sit there and say, hey, guys, you know what? What we're doing isn't working. Uh, they're manhandling us in certain situations. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to make these adjustments. And they have smart enough players. They can handle those adjustments on the sidelines. So it's not necessarily what you went through during the week, but you're sitting there going, this is how we're going to get this done. You look at that fourth quarter, man, how many blitz schemes, how many different DBs did they bring off the edge to force Blake Bortles? Number one, what we're going to do is we're going to bring pressure. We're going to play man behind that pressure. We're going to load the box and basically deter you from running the ball and say, we don't believe that your quarterback is going to be good enough. We're going to take away all those short passes, all those screens, all the things that you made, that you made a living on early in this game. We're taking that stuff away. We're going to bring pe- pressure. 
and and let's see how you handle it. You know, there was a play, Doug. They motion a receiver. Jacksonville motion a receiver across the formation. Butler runs with that receiver, and it's a clear indication of man. And then that, and then Butler, as soon as the ball snaps, Butler comes on a blitz, and yep. the safety rolls over the top to cover that guy and forces Blake Bortles to throw it out of bounds. It, it's those things that they believe their players are apt and smart enough to absorb and to be able to change midstream. And, again, this is just a classic case of, one, we don't believe your quarterback can beat, uh, can beat us. And, and then on the other side of that, I think Jacksonville said, we don't believe our quarterback can beat you either. Because at one point in the fourth quarter, they handed it off on first down four straight times. Like, at some point, run a play action in there and say, hey, we're going to put it in your hands, Blake. Go out there and win this thing for us. And they didn't trust him to do that. Uh, was there ever a doubt in your mind, even when they're down 10, you know, uh, in the fourth quarter, was there a doubt in your mind? You're like, mm, I don't know, Brady, I don't know if he can do this one without Gronk. No, there was never. I, I just was, I was sitting, I, I was sitting in my, in, uh, actually I was at my son's house watching it, and I was sitting in, in on his couch going, you know what's going to happen, right? And they're going to drive down here, they're going to score the go-ahead touchdown to make it, you know, 24 um, 24-20. And then Blake Bortles is going to put it in his hand, and he's going to throw a pick six. And the next thing you know, it's going to be a ten point victory. Uh, you know, so I was like, "That's what's going to go. That's what's going down here." Or however many points that equals up. The math isn't good on my part, but um, you know what I'm talking about. So uh, I, you know, I, there was never a doubt that they were going to adjust and they were going to win that game. In my mind. All right, let's go to the Eagles uh, taking on the Vikings. Um, uh, there's a there's a bunch to get to, but how did Nick Foles go from a guy who looked so tight and the offense looked so conservative in his last two starts of the regular season um, to a guy who, I mean, looked confident at times in the pocket and they had so many great downfield throws against this normally tough Viking defense? What changed about Foles in that offense? Yeah, you know, interestingly enough, Doug, as you watched them play, um, it started about the second quarter of the game against Atlanta. And Doug Peterson, you got to tip your cap to him. He put him in an offense that he was really um, familiar with and really comfortable with, more like what Chip Kelly uh, had run when Nick Foles had that 27 touchdowns and two interceptions when he played with Chip Kelly. He put him in a, a real RPO kind of system, and, um, and, and they made some quick one-read throws that he was on target with, that he was on time with. He got the ball out of his hands quickly, and they let the, the Minnesota Vikings pass rush basically wear itself out in doing that. And then when the game slowed down a little bit and they were balanced and they were running it, then they started dropping back. Then they started pushing the ball down the field. You know, the one thing I thought that was going to be a struggle for Nick Foles was, hey, when things break down, you know, he's not Carson Wentz. He's not going to be able to scramble around and make the big kind of splash plays when things break down. And yet, what I, what I guess I didn't account for is he did that only differently than, than Carson Wentz, as opposed to being a guy that scrambles out and takes off down the football field, makes some plays with his feet. He manipulated the pocket. He slid around that long touchdown to Alshon Jeffries, where he's essentially sacked, and he slides up in the pocket and then slides a little bit to his right, buys himself some time, Alshon Jeffries breaks off the dig route and goes deep for a 53-yard touchdown, and he delivers it perfectly under duress with hands you know, draped on his shoulders. I just thought that was a phenomenal play, and it's exactly what I didn't think he could do. He did, and you got to tip your cap to him for, you know, for being able to, to adjust and being able to make those plays. All right, so I guess the, the question is, is this. Uh, I offered up yesterday. I don't know if it makes a difference, but you're down 31 to seven. And it was pretty obvious that after that pick six, um, Case Keenum didn't have it, didn't have it. Whether he was shook from the pick six, whether it was because he was constantly under duress, um, whether it was, I mean, like, look, Philadelphia's defense was incredible playing out in the open air. I just, you mentioned the adjustments that the Patriots made. Was it a mistake in your mind for the Vikings not to give Sam Bradford a look because Keenum just didn't have it? Yeah, you know, Keenum didn't have it. There's, I don't think you can really argue that point. I don't know that it was a mistake. I think when you look at the Minnesota Vikings, they're just not built to push the ball down the field. Uh, you know, and Sam Bradford doesn't push the ball down the field either. So he may be a little bit more accurate and he may have a little bit more lively arm. But the way they're built is, they don't run at yards per attempt well, um, but they have the second most attempts in football. 
and they want to set up their play action. They want to get those crossing routes underneath and deliver those things on time, get them out of the hand of the quarterback. They're, play, they're built to play with the lead. When they have the lead and they're playing great defense, they're awesome. When they drop from when they drop behind like they did, I don't think it mattered who played quarterback. They're not coming, but they're not built to come back that way. So um, I'm not going to call it a mistake. Um, they went with a hand that they got them there. Uh, he didn't play very well, but you know, come on, they they played horribly as a defense, and you know they really just never got anything clicking on the offensive side of the ball. Um, all right, both of these teams have really good offensive lines. The Patriots probably especially so would be, would be my guess, although I think the Eagles is pretty good, and and the Eagles have a better defensive line. G- give me your sense, the Pats, and whether or not they can they can be the Pats, right? Like Jacksonville, they weren't physical with the Patriots. It's weird, right? I mean, I, I thought you had to do what Miami did, which is really, really be- – and they gave so much space to Brandon Cooks what about the Eagles and how they match up with the Patriots? What What does your eye see? Well, I mean, I would say this. The Patriots allowed a ton of pressures early in the season. They certainly, like they always seem to do, they got better, right? Their defense got better. Remember, through week five, we're thinking, this is a historically bad defense, and all of a sudden they're one of the top defenses in football as far as eliminating scores. And, you know, all of a sudden some of their front seven players are making plays and getting pressures and all those things. So they always seem to make that adjustment. I think from a pure matchup standpoint, I think Philadelphia's got a better offensive line. I think their two tackles um, are better. I think their inside guys with Kelsey and Brooks are better than um, what the Patriots bring to the table. I think the big thing for me is can you can you essentially get the ball out of Brady's hand quickly? Can you make those plays underneath plays to the running back, underneath plays to the crossers, and and can you get that ball out in you know one point five to two point two seconds? Because if you do that on a consistent basis, you're going to be okay. Uh, the one thing I did notice about, you know, all four of these teams that were in the AFC and the NFC championship is the linebacker play from the inside. That was really the difference with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their linebackers matched up on tight ends, matched up on running backs, and even when they dumped it off into the flat, they were able to rally up from deep, you know, from their hook responsibility to get to the flat and make a tackle for a one- or two-yard game where normally Tom Brady's in second down and three, because that running back's getting seven, all of a sudden that running back was getting one, and you're in second down and nine. They put a lot more pressure on him. So that'll be a real key for the Philadelphia Eagles. It really comes down to how, you know, how you're going to block those guys. Fletcher Cox is an absolute animal, um, and, and that's a guy that you have to deal with on a consistent basis. So I think from a line of scrimmage standpoint, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are better uh, on both lines of scrimmage than the New England Patriots. Um, uh, so I, but they don't have Brady. Right, that's the that, <laughs> right, right, and they yeah. don't have Belichick. Now they have like they Jim Schwartz. Have, is, right, they you, don't have Brady, and they don't have a guy that can change. You know, that can they don't have a coordinators or, or a guy that can change midstream like like Belichick has proven. Although, like I said, I'll go back to Doug Peterson making that adjustment in that game against Atlanta. When I mean Foles was in the first quarter of that game against Atlanta, Foles was horrible. And they made that RPO adjustment, and from that point forward, man, he has been money. Um, Jacksonville got to make a quarterback change to take another step. I believe so. I believe you know what you what you saw, like we said, uh, like we talked about earlier. You just saw a team that had no faith in in Blake Bortles in crunch time. They tried to uh, you know eliminate him as, from the equation, um, and I think they've got a good enough team. Um, to be a Super Bowl champion, I just think they need a guy that they believe in, a guy that they're confident in, they have confidence in, and a guy that that when push comes to shove and they need a quarterback to make a play to win a game, um, I think they need to go get one of those guys. Whether it's a uh, a Kirk Cousins or whether it's a trade for Alex Smith, uh, I think that would put them right in the top of the upper echelon of teams that we talk about. Do you think Eli still has it in the tank to be that guy? Uh, no, not not. Like I think he, I think he could be good. I just don't think he's, I don't think he's elite. I don't think he's a guy that takes you, you know, to the next level, so to speak. Um, uh, he got, you know, he's just so beat up this year. Made some bad decisions. A, a better team around him, he'll be better. But I don't know. I would rather like if you're giving me a choice of three guys, Eli, Alex Smith, or Kirk Cousins. Eli would be my three of three in that scenario. 
Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, he has a relationship, obviously, with Coughlin and playing for him, and he may he may cost the least of all those three. So, so, so we'll uh, we'll see. Mark, great stuff. Uh, look forward to talking with you in uh, the Twin Cities. In the meantime, thanks for being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. You got it, my friend. Take care. All right, that's three-time Super Bowl champion Stink, Mark Schlereth. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. The problems that the Cowboys have is that there, there are some older players, specifically one that has a big cap number that, boy, they'd like to have, but not at that number and not at the same role. That guy is... Well, I think, you know, it's Des Bryant. Here's Stephen Jones, of course, son of Jerry Jones, runs the team, said this uh, to the Dallas Morning News. Tony Romo, certainly his game, they, they kind of tailored to one another, I mean, meaning Dak. When Dak came in, uh, he certainly is not going to play the exact, exactly like Tony played the game. I, I, I think it hasn't ever just hit on all cylinders in terms of Dak and Des, the connection works. It, it's a work in progress. I think it could improve if given the opportunity. The other thing we'll see is it is certainly visible to anyone who watches our games, watch the sideline. Des, certainly a fiery guy who plays with a lot of emotion, both on and off the field. Sometimes that can be a distraction. It can be a distraction for Des. It can be a distraction for other teammates. So what's Stephen Jones is kind of tiptoeing along like, hey, look, Romo is a lot better at creating plays for for Des Bryant. He threw the ball up to Des Bryant. Des would make a play. Des would kill for Tony Romo. Dak is just not as good as that, not as trusting as that. They don't have the same relationship. And then when things aren't going well, Des is kind of a pain in the ass. Right? He just kind of is. And so a, a lot of this does fall on Dak. Dude, you you may not like Dak. You may not like the act. Des, you might not like the act. You may not like the complaining. You may not think he's all that good and, and no one's really going to argue with you. But he's out there. You want to get the best out of him. Throw it up every three series or so to him. Let him make a play. Let him make a play. On the other hand, like Des is, if you keep him, it's $16.5 million against the cap. You cut him, it's only $4 million in dead money. So obviously, the, the Cowboys are sitting there going like, look, we're probably better off financially to cut him or renegotiate. But you can only renegotiate with, with Des Bryant if you, hey, dude, you got, this is, there's got to be a 2.0 to you. You got to become Anquan Bolden, right? Like Anquan Bolden, last, you know, his last, decade maybe in the nfl i doubt he ran a sub four seven maybe not a sub four eight but he was physical he was competitive they kept him engaged he would you know he was a zone buster he was a good blocker he was a good teammate like anquan bolden despite the fact he lost his speed that he didn't really have since college because he tore his acl in college like he became he's i don't think he's a hall of famer but he's a notch kind of below that there, there comes a point in time when in everybody's life, you got to go 2.0. You just, if you want to stay employed or if you want to stay in Dallas and stay employed. It just is. Um, when you can no longer be a lead actor, can you now all of a sudden, you know, do you go to the small screen? Do you go to Netflix? Uh, do you take a smaller role, a smaller part? I mean, when you, you, you no longer are a headliner, are you willing to, are you willing to open? You're like, I want to play in stadiums. Fine. You can't headline because you can't fill a stadium. You willing to open for somebody? Do you want to play in smaller venues? These are all sacrificing of ego and it's really hard to do. I get it. Like you've been, I've been Des Bryant. I've been the guy, the wide receiver, the X factor, throw up the X, but you're not that guy anymore. So it's a really easy negotiation for Dez. The question is, is Dak still willing to buy into who Dez is? Is he willing to KYB? Is he willing to know his boys? Stay tuned. Remember, Dez was asked about taking a pay cut a month ago. Here's his response. I haven't had no, I haven't heard no talks about that, but if it come, if it come, well, I don't know, probably not. Hell nah, man. I believe in me. Yeah. He was like, uh, wait, 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 wait. You want me to take a pay cut? Yeah, no. 
I mean, look, it feels obvious what Jerry Jones will do. He always takes care of Cowboys, and I don't think Dez has put him out the pasture just yet. You probably renegotiate his deal where most of it's in the signing bonus. It's less against the cap than the $16 million. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. In the media, we always get cautious of guys that go third person. Right? We always get cautious of guys that go third person. And this is essentially third person. Uh, It's a photo of LeBron on Instagram, but it's a photo of him when he was just a kid early on in his days in high school. Quote, want to be the first to congratulate you on this accomplishment achievement tonight that you'll reach. Only a handful has reached, seen it too. And while I know it's never been a goal of yours from the beginning, Please try to take a moment for yourself on how you've done it. The house you're about to be a part of has only six seats in it as of now, but one more will be added and you should be very proud and honored and to be invited inside. There are so many people to thank who has, who has helped this even become possible. So thank them. And when you finally get your moment alone, To yourself, smile, look up at the higher skies and say thank you. So with that, congrats, young king. One love. Hashtag strive for greatness. Hashtag the kid from Akron. So it's like, right. It's like the old, my, my, a letter to my older self, you know, or a letter from my younger self instead of a letter from my older self to my younger self. It's like the opposite of what the Players Tribune did. And it's not great. I think the idea was probably pretty good, but the execution was not great, right? Well, why can't anybody go like, hey man, I'm just a kid from Akron. This was me when I was a freshman in high school. Can't believe I scored 3,000 points, 30,000 points. I'm about to score 30,000 points. There's only six guys who have ever done it to join that crew is amazing. Um, there's too many people to thank for one Instagram post. You know who you are. Uh, I'm going to keep you know thanking the good Lord or whatever for every opportunity I'm giving, blah, 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 blah. It's just trying so hard. Why are you trying so hard? You're already LeBron. Right? People that, there's this, um, there's this expression I have, guys. It's called be the cool. And when I go to talk to high school kids or college kids, I, I use it. I call it be the cool. And my point is always, and look, I was guilty of this. Like I, when I was in high school, I'd always rock my headphones, you know, like walking into a gym and you have your slides on and you get your bag over your shoulder. And, you know, when you're in your high school team, if you're the best player in the high school team, you want people to know you want your shoes to be a little different. You want to stand out. But the, when you get older, you realize like people don't gravitate towards you because of your shoes, or your haircut, it's because of how you play. Right. And once you already play, like you're already cool. You don't have to do anything. You can establish whatever cool is like, uh, was it Russell Westbrook started with those with the glasses? Right? Didn't he wear the fake glasses? Well, he the first was with Durant. I think it was Russell Westbrook wear the fake glasses. So he starts wearing these fake glasses. Like he doesn't need glasses. He's got perfect vision. But that became cool, and lots of guys copied him. That's the power of being a great player. Is you can just be the cool. You can establish whatever being cool. If Michael Jordan was the first guy to start wearing suits to to press conferences. He, he was the cool, he, you know, you, he could have worn whatever he wanted. He chose to dress as classily as possible and everybody else followed suit. You're LeBron James. You got your own shoe. You got your own clothing line. You got, you know, part of beats, you know, like, dude, you got everything. You got your own production company, your best friends, your agent and a big time NBA agent. You basically own an NBA team. Like you're worth Two commas, but maybe one day three commas. Like, it's crazy, your power. Like, I don't know, this just feels like somebody who, feels like something you do if you hadn't been established as one of the all-time greats and you hadn't gotten the love and respect and you're trying to give people perspective on it. And instead, it just comes across as really forced. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. And now... Colin Cowherd uh, said this about Jason Kidd getting fired. Great. It jumps off the television screen and it creates clarity. And what it does is, oh, that's what great is. 
Like Deshaun Watson has 19 touchdowns in like three, you know, seven games. You're like, oh, that's what great looks like. It creates a clarity. Brad Stevens is the best coach in the NBA, not Steve Kerr. It's not Steve Kerr. Warriors won with Luke Walton and Mike Brown. It's not Greg Popovich, who hasn't nearly been as good since Tim Duncan left. Best coach in the NBA is Brad Stevens. The guy's absolutely remarkable. He got Butler to the national championship. Okay, that's incredible. Having Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant and a good bench and winning a bunch of games, Luke Walton did that. Mike Brown did that. Nothing against Steve Kerr, but the best coach is Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens yesterday got a coach fired. He got Jason Kidd in Milwaukee fired. That was Brad Stevens that got him fired. The, the owners didn't fire him. Brad Stevens got him fired because Brad Stevens is amazing. Other GMs now are looking and going, well, Brad Stevens lost Kelly Olenek, his number two player, Gordon Hayward, in the first quarter of the first game of the season, 29 a game from Isaiah Thomas, his two best defensive players, Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder, certainly among them. They lost four of their top six scores, and Boston is 34-13, and 13, number one in the East. Well, by the way, Boston's lost their last three games. I, I, hate, to, I hate, to, hate to be the guy. Like, oh, well, he didn't get him fired yesterday because they've lost three games in a row. Um, yeah, I, I don't actually see a correlation between. I understand what he's saying is that coaching can, in fact, win you games. Um, but I, I think what got Jason Kidd fired is the same thing that got David Fisdale fired uh, is the same thing that, uh, uh, that that has gotten many coaches fired in the NBA. And that's when there's a disconnect between players and coaches that sometimes is to be expected, but the sale on Jason Kidd, Jason Kidd wasn't a whiteboard guy. Like he wasn't going to drop a play in a whiteboard. He wasn't an X and O genius, but Jason Kidd played, had good feel and you thought could relate to players because he was a player like five minutes ago. Right. And so when, when there isn't a good relationship, when there isn't, when there isn't a bond between all players and coach, the owners sit there and go like, wait a second. The only reason we bought into the Jason Kidd thing was because we thought young players would gravitate towards him. And that's not really the case. Same for Fisdale. Look, I don't think the right decision was made in the Fisdale case. I think that, you know, they, they sided with, with Mark Gasol, who was their star, who was, was a disconnect. But this is at least a something we've seen before in the NBA, and we'll see again. When you lose your star, Fisdale lost his star. Jason Kidd lost the team. But when you lose guys and there's a, there's a lack of communication and a lack of buy-in, None of the other stuff really matters. What's 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 made Brad Stevens maybe most impressive is not any X and O stuff. Like he even he will tell you, like there's nothing. I think they do some really good stuff. Okay, I would say Quinn Steiner's probably as good an X and O guy as there is in the in the in the NBA. Um, I mean, he's that good. I mean, everyone in the NBA is like, man, Quinn Snyder's really, really good. He didn't get anybody. The difference though, is that Brad has found a way to get guys to consistently play hard on defense and, uh, and as much team basketball as possible on offense and gotten more out of his teams than maybe he should. But I don't think it's, it's some X and O wizardry. It's the ability to communicate what you want, how you want it done. And when they don't do it, uh, hold guys hold guys accountable. And that's something that Kid was unable to do. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We'll catch up with Chris Broussard. Bru, let me, before I, I work my way to the Cavs and to the Spurs um, and to so many and to the Wizards, so many of these dysfunctional NBA teams. Um, you know, look, we, we came into the year, Marvin Bagley was the the uh, was the generational pro, right? And then you got yeah, Mo Bamba yeah. and DeAndre Ayton. Big guys, athletic, can shoot, can handle. Where is Steph Curry? Where is the, the, the college Steph Curry, Trey Young, in this conversation? Yeah, I was just talking with an NBA guy yesterday about this, and he said the top four guys uh, on most people's boards are Aiton out of Arizona, Bagley, obviously, Porter, uh, and Luka Doncic, you know, from Slovenia. He said Luka Doncic. <laughs> It's like a cross between Steve Nash and Larry Bird. I mean, he loves him, and guys love him around the league. Um, he told me he started point guard for some teams if, when he comes into the league. But uh, Trey Young, I look, I would consider him 
I would consider I'm not saying I'd definitely take him number one, but looking at what Steph Curry has done in this league and the impact he's had in the league, I would have to consider him on my drive board as a number one pick or potential number one pick. Um, but most guys still have those bigs ahead of him, guys that I've talked to. Um, you know, I think as time continues, does he carry keep this up most of the season, doesn't hit a wall? Does Oklahoma have some success in the tournament? I think those things could change things. But right now, most of the guys I've talked to still have, you know, those big guys ahead of him. Yeah, there's also, he's going to match up. He's going to go to Alabama. Alabama's got a tremendous uh, freshman point guard as well that I would, and I think most people would actually have rated ahead of Trey Young. But 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 very, very, uh, Colin Sexton's a very different player. That was when Alabama nearly beat uh, Minnesota with three players, Sexton being one of them. All right, let's get to the, the current drama in the NBA with Chris Broussard, who joins us. Um, all right, so there's, the, the Cavs give up 148 points to the Thunder. I mean, that's embarrassing. What happened with uh, what happened with Kevin Love? Well, that's the question. Um, like about that meeting they had, where reportedly you know some players were questioning him about leaving the game. You know, he, he only played three minutes of that game. Left was sick, sat on the bench, and then at halftime went home. Um, a few things. One, Love said everybody in the meeting was a target, not just him. There also were reports that every player kind of got called out. I'd really be interested to see if LeBron James got called out. But my thing is, of all the problems in Cleveland, why in the world are you calling out Kevin Love? Now, he's not a player without flaws, but you're questioning his heart for missing a game because he was sick like that. The fact that that's where their mind is really baffles me, and that's not a, help, a sign of a healthy team, in my opinion. You gave up 148 points. If Kevin Love was on the floor, you might have gave up 168 points. Like, he is he's not perfect. He's got some issues. Obviously, he can't guard anybody. But you have so many more problems, and for them to be focusing on love, Derrick Rose sat out, left the team to consider retirement, and you welcomed him back with open arms. Love is a guy you've been to war with, so to speak, for three and a half years, and you're questioning his heart. I think what's critical is what players were they. Was it LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and guys that have been there with him? Even Wade hasn't been there, but he's a leader on the team. Guys that were leaders. If they did it, that's something to really be concerned about. If it was an Iman Shumpert and guys that really, you know, don't play a lot, aren't that consequential, then I think it's different. But, you know, I just don't think, again, with all his flaws, Kevin Love is not the one that this should be targeted at. Okay, so I, there's just like, look, the problem is the defense, right? There's some problems in yeah. offense as well, but the problem is the defense. 29th in defensive efficiency. Like, you can go through the defense. There's nothing good about what they're doing defensively. And part of it is, if they were to put their best defensive lineup on, on the floor, it's not their best offensive lineup. The two don't work symbiotically together. So this whole, like, we just have to, you know, be better. And, like, that can help you, but they're just... There's some inherent flaws in their person. Like if you're going to play Kevin Love at center, you're you're going to have a non-athlete at five. You have no rim yep. protection. LeBron James isn't doesn't move nearly as well, and no one no human being can cover as much as cover up as much as he used to cover up. Yeah, you know. And then none of their point guards can guard anybody. So I I don't I don't understand how well, playing hard or having a meeting fixes that. That's where this is interesting because you see they're in talks with. Sacramento about trading Iman Shumpert and Channing Fry for George Hill. That really is interesting to me. I think it's a good move because Hill can guard. And you don't need, you know, I mean, they played their best basketball of the year with Jose Calderon at center. And I'm not saying you go back to that lineup, but a George Hill who's not like a playmaker, not a huge scorer. But he can do some things offensively, and more importantly, he's a very good defender at the point of attack. The thing that makes me wonder and really gets interesting is, okay, what if you brought in a George Hill? What does that mean for Isaiah Thomas 
and to a lesser degree, Derrick Rose. And 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 the, and and uh, Wade too, right? Well, if you if you kept, yeah, because it's a it's a domino effect. I mean, I would think you're bringing in a George Hill to start, to start. And so, like you said, Wade has had that second unit. Obviously, if Isaiah moved to the second unit, or are they thinking they could put him at the two if you got Hill there? I don't think. Like those are see Ty Lue has got to make some tough decisions. If you really feel, and I think you have to, in fairness, give Isaiah Thomas some time, okay? But I don't know if I said on this show before, but I've said it before. If this is the same thing in a month, and you see that Isaiah is killing you defensively, then you have to be able to make that call to go to another point guard. Whether it's if you bring in George Hill whether it's heck Derrick Rose, because at least he's you know over six feet tall and can guard better than Thomas, or if it's Calderon, like you have got to be able to make that decision if this continues. Don't worry about the summer and Isaiah Thomas wanting his contract. Don't worry about him having a big bigger name than the rest of these guys. Those are tough decisions, but if you're Ty Lue, you have to be ready to make them if you want to try to salvage this season. Amazing. It's amazing. And I, and I mean, don't, and, don't you think that that's something they – again, I would give Isaiah time, but if this is continues, you can't be afraid to make that call, I don't think. Well, look, it looks like they're, they're in trade discussions now. So, yeah, and, and you know, everybody says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm all about winning a championship until they're like – are you all about winning a championship if you're going to play 20 minutes? Like, ooh. Well, I, look, Isaiah's got to get paid. And on, from, on a human level, I don't blame him. You know, like from a, from a basketball standpoint, yeah, look, if you're playing 20 minutes, then you do what it takes in your 20 minutes to win. But this is a guy that is making $6 million a year. And even if we concede he's not the star Some would even say borderline superstar that he was last year. He's really the player he was before getting to Boston and Brad Stevens. He's this score off the bench. He's a Lou Williams. He's a Jamal Crawford type player. And he's 5'9", the boot. So um, even if he's that player, $6 million a year is still a small amount for him. Yep. So I don't. I understand he wants to get paid. This will be his last big contract because he was twenty eight, twenty nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a tough. This this is why it's a tough situation, man, in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, or what about San Antonio? This reported um, lack of connection between the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, you know, valued by most people in the league to be the third best player in the league, set to get a huge extension this upcoming off season. Uh, why the disconnect between the two sides? He has been somewhat distant. Um, th- there's more, a more, feeling, more distant than usual? <laughs> well, I mean, he, he's shy in public, but he's a very intelligent guy. But with them, he's just been a little distant because he feels there's some feeling that maybe misdiagnosis is a little strong. But all summer... He feels like all summer he was working. The Spurs trainers had him kind of working on that thigh or that quad in a way that wasn't the right way. And when he went to his own doctors uh, with the Spurs' permission, they said it was something else. Same injury, but it should have been treated differently. And so he's bothered that that has him sitting out a lot longer. Beyond that, the Spurs. And you, I, it's hard to blame him. But they were dropping a lot of hints to him. Hey, how you feel today, Kawhi? Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I ain't really ready. Well, you know, the, the MRI looks good. I mean, you, you know, why don't you give it a try? You, they, he, there's a feeling that they were really nudging him to get out there and play, and now here he is having to sit out again. So feeling that he was kind of pushed gently, but pushed into being out there prematurely. The interesting thing is this. He'll be back this season, probably you know, after All-Star break. If he does not sign that extension this summer, do the Spurs trade him? I think they probably would as a preemptive strike because, look, they're obviously going to offer him the max. 
if you're not taking it, then why? Why aren't you taking it? And if you're not taking it, it must mean you're you're looking at other pastors. Now, I'm not saying he definitely wants to go elsewhere or that he wouldn't sign, but I'm saying if he doesn't, then that's when this thing gets real. Right now, I think people are overblowing it a little. There's distance. There's there's some feelings on each side. But I think it's being a little bit overblown. But in the summer, if he doesn't sign that extension, that's when this thing gets real because he'll be a free agent in 2019. That's Chris Bruce Sark. Check him out on weekends with Mark Willard on Fox Sports Radio. Brute, thanks so much for joining us. All right, my man. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.